Welcome to episode four of the LES Mission Cast. This is Kelsey Edwards, and on this episode, we have some great interviews for you. First off, Nick and I interviewed musician and fireside speaker Garth Smith. He talks about his musical multimedia firesides and how he's used music in his missionary work. He also talks about his really unique missionary service to the Navajo Indians. Following that interview, Sean Rapier from the Latter-day Lives podcast interviews director and producer of a number of films, Brian Bruff. Brian produced the movies Christmas Angel, Sense and Sensibility, Singing with Angels, and his current projects are Not Cinderella's Type and a new movie called In Emma's Footsteps. This is also a fun little tidbit, but Brian has a company called Candlelight Media, and they distributed one of the movies I was in called Minor Details. So, (laughs) small world. He tells an incredible conversion story from his mission to Sao Paulo, Brazil. Oh, and in case you're curious, the music for this episode comes from our first guest, Garth Smith. And without further delay, here's our interview with Garth Smith. Our guest for this episode is Garth Smith. He was born in Brigham City, Utah, and now resides in beautiful Oceanside, California. But since a very young age, Garth showed interest in music and more specifically piano. He attended BYU and received a degree in design engineering technology after serving a mission to a Navajo Indian reservation in the southwest United States, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Garth has served in youth and missionary programs throughout the church as a young men's president and ward mission leader. And now he, uh, you still volunteer as an early morning seminary? No, I'm, you know, I'm you're serving in the bishopric now. Now you're but doing I, the bishopric. But I served as an early morning seminary teacher for eight years. Yeah, there you go. Love that call. <laughs> awesome. So so now he also does these firesides across the country, sharing his music and the message of the gospel. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for being here. And Kelsey and I here are going to ask you some questions. But first of all, all right. I wanted to get into the moment that you opened your mission call, because it's a fun story. <laughs> yes, that is, a fun, that is a fun story. Um, some background behind that, I uh, remember very vividly sitting in my uh, home ward in Brigham City, Utah, and hearing a young man speak about his mission when he returned. And he went to the Arizona Holbrook Navajo mission. And I remember as a 14-year-old sitting there listening to him thinking, of all the places in the world that I would not want to go. Would be the, and I don't know why I felt that way. I, just, I honestly don't know why. And then my freshman year at BYU, I finished my, my first year. And of course, back then, the mission age was 19. And, and so I went for a, uh, an entire year at BYU. And then I decided that having grown up in Utah and I not having uh, a lot of experience where the LDS culture was predominant, I wanted to work in a place before my mission where, there, where I had an opportunity to meet a lot of non-members. And so I got a job at the Grand Canyon, the North Rim, I was a busboy, and but anyway, it was just a great experience. I had uh, I had so many opportunities to meet people from all over the world, and it was there that I uh, submitted my papers for my mission, and I worked with the Kanab Stake Presidency, and I'll never forget that day. I'm gathered with my little group of BYU students around the telephone, the payphone back then. Remember what those were, and uh, and. I opened up my call and it said, Elder Smith, you are hereby called to the Arizona Holbrook Navajo Mission. Hmm. And I just kind of looked around at everybody and said, I'm already here. I was with, I was in the mission boundaries. That never happens. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of weird. But, uh, and of course, you know, my, my attitude, uh, I was just so disappointed. (laughs) <laughs> and I was just like, oh, gosh, because I had friends that were going to Tahiti, and I had friends that were going to Switzerland, and I, you know, I just had the totally wrong attitude. And, <laughs> and, uh, and of course, that went away the moment that I got onto the reservation, and I got to, to love and to, to those beautiful Navajo people. 
and I love them with all of my heart. And I and it was just because you love who you serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And totally. and I and that culture is just so fascinating and uh, it's, it was a joy. And so, yeah, that uh, that story, you know, I tell that story to youth say, because I tell them, don't say things like that <laughs> about where you <laughs> want to go. Totally. <laughs> so what you're, you're obviously your, your thoughts about your mission changed over time. And I, I'm curious, what language did you? Oh, I was, a Na- I was a Navajo speaker. You were? I was called to speak the Navajo language. Do you still know it? I, uh, well, not as much. You know, I, was, I always grew up thinking that if I ever learned a, a, a foreign language, I'm going to learn it. I'm going to speak it the rest of my life. Hmm. And uh, Navajo is not a language that you can really carry with you because there's not – it's just so centralized and one localized in an area that if you don't live in that area – you know, and the the old adage, if you don't use it, you lose it, yeah. kind of thing. And and so, I, yes, I do remember things, and I and I can speak a little bit of Navajo. And and uh, it, what's amazing is when I go back, how your brain works is that I can remember phrases and I remember words, things that I where did that come from, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, but yes, I was a Navajo speaker, and I really worked hard to speak the language well, because it was uh, it was kind of a novelty to have. Uh, you know, somebody who's not a Navajo speak the language I would to them, imagine. yeah. <laughs> and it opened a lot of doors because the word would get around, and people would say, oh, "You got to hear this elder; he speaks Navajo." You know, it's white and, guy. Yeah, this white guy, and uh, uh, it's and so I really worked hard, and and I I felt like I was an accomplished. I could carry a very good conversation, a re- good, very good religious con. But the language was so difficult, but uh, it's hard to master it. Is there a book change. of Mormon in Navajo? There, there was. There was oh, a Mormon. Okay. It's called Mormon Benazos, and uh, mm. it w- it uh, was selections of the Book of Mormon. Oh. It wasn't the full text. Okay, but it came out while wow. I was while I was on my mission. I imagine that would be it interesting. Was huge, huge yeah. yeah. What What are the areas like there? Like, did you serve in the same area the whole time? Are there multiple areas? Like- There's multiple areas. I uh, I started in a place called Ganado. Arizona, and then I went to a place near Flagstaff, Arizona, called Loop, which is very close to Winslow, Arizona. And uh, then I went to Monument Valley in Utah, which is beautiful. And and I finished uh, my my service in an area close to Farmington, New Mexico. Wow! So four areas. But in there. each area, you're on a reservation. Yes. Right? Yes. Wow, that's so yes. cool. Now you you after your mission came home and you got into a bit of a music career for a bit. And, you know, Kelsey's a big musician, too. Mm-hmm. She's yes. just performed at MusicCon. She's, She's starting awesome. out in that. <laughs> more than, more than I guess this is kind of the same thing with you, though. You, you had a point where you said, I want to be in music. Yes. Well, I was always, uh, I, I started playing the piano when I was five years old. And, and I, music is dear to my heart. And, and I had been in bands. I've been in rock bands, jazz bands. And as it turned out, after I graduated from BYU, I was living in, in Huntsville, Alabama, and was um, exposed to the Nashville scene. I was only about an hour and a half away from Nashville. And so for a period of four or five years, I was an aspiring Nashville songwriter. And I would take mm-hmm. trips up to Nashville. I would perform at the Bluebird Cafe. And, you know, I mean, it was just, obviously, it didn't go anywhere. I'm not an <laughs> established <laughs> Nashville songwriter now. But, uh, but it was a great learning experience for me in my music uh, journey. It was during that time that my wife was telling me that, you know, your talents is really, are really more with arrangements of hymns because I would play in sacrament meetings and I would play during uh, 
uh, for missionary farewells in Hong Kong and things like that. And, and she was always telling me this. I'm like, no, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> and then finally, uh, it was just in the last uh, uh, four years that I've really turned my attention and focus to, to doing that. And I have to tell you, the, the experience um, when I was in Nashville, I, and I have nothing against, I wish everybody who was in Nashville the best success. Um, for me, I, it was just like I felt like all the arrows were pointing in. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, how can I make me look the best? You know, how can I make me? It was me, 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 me. And now what I'm doing, I feel like all the arrows are pointing out. And I feel like everything that I do with uh, with music that is spiritual, that is sacred, and that is, I, I feel like I'm doing it because I want to lift others. I want to to bless the lives of other people. And to me, it is a million times more fulfilling to be able to, to do that. Cause just because when I hear the, the comments and the way that it has touched people's lives, and I'm sure that, that country music people can do that also. I'm not <laughs> disparaging any of that. For me, in my path, in my journey, that's the way it worked out. And, and so I would say to anybody out there who's pursuing a, a music career or anything, find your passion. Find what, you, what, what it is that, that uh, drives your heart, that, that drives you. And uh, that's, you'll know by that passion when you discover what that passion is. And, and, and my passion now is, without any doubt, is sacred music. You know, so. it's funny. I totally forgot about this connection that you lived in Alabama because that's where Kelsey that's served her mission. I in Alabama. You did? <laughs> I did, where? yeah. Where were you? Um, I started in Bessemer, like near Birmingham. I know, uh, yeah, I totally know where you Oh, really? Yeah. That was my first area. And then I served in Russellville, which is two hours yeah. like, west of Huntsville. Yeah. yeah, Russellville. Yeah. Where they make the t-shirts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I went down south to Montgomery area called Millbrook. And then I finished in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. I've been to every one of those places. That's so cool. Yeah. What is, so what brought you to Alabama? I, I uh, when I graduated but. from BYU, I, I had an engineering degree and there was in Huntsville, Alabama mm-hmm. is a very much a high tech yes. center, missile development area of the, of the of the military, and I worked for a company there, a CAD company who uh, developed their own software, and so that's what brought me there. Well, this is an interesting interesting story how I got there because the company that I worked for had hired a and I don't even know who it was hired a BYU graduate, and the company president or vice president said, "Who is this guy?" Who is this guy? He's honest. He's hardworking. <laughs> we can rely on him. He's trustworthy. I want 10 more just <laughs> like him. Where did he go to school? And so someone said BYU. And so I was in the next wave nice. of recruits that came because of this guy, <laughs> whoever it was. <laughs> and, awesome. uh, and so that's how I ended up. And so I, in the group that I worked in, 2,000 miles away from Utah, I was in a group of uh, five return missionaries. And it was, wow. it was just an awesome working experience. Yeah, that all the way out so in Alabama. Cool. Yeah. 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 Who knew? That's awesome. Very cool. So now you're doing these firesides. Tell people about what, what you do with these firesides because it's not just your typical get up and speak. Yes. It's, the, it's a multimedia. It's called, first of all, it's based on the hymns. And I call it the hymns, Another Witness of Jesus Christ. I first called it another testament of Jesus Christ, but the church reached out to me and they said, you can't, you can't use that. <laughs> That's been taken. Copyrighted. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but um, it's based on the idea, and it's not a performance by, it's not a concert by me. It is a very much a Christ-centered multimedia message. And by that, I mean, uh, as my, and I do it with my wife, Diane. We present a scripted text or, or conversation 
talking about how the hymns point us to the Savior. And the whole time while we're talking, we're projecting this beautiful art. We're playing video and uh, clips from General Conference and things like that that support the concepts that we're talking about. And then when it comes time for me to sit down and to play an arrangement of a hymn, we have a video that I had a professional company in in Arizona who created these videos that are timed exactly to my arrangements. And they Hmm. pop up the text as I'm playing so that if there's a non-member there that has never heard of the hymn, he can follow along the, the text and the message and keep up with what uh, we're talking about. So That's very cool. It's been, it's been a great experience and uh, love to be able to share my testimony through music. That's amazing. So did you, how long ago did you start doing this? This is pretty recent. Uh, yes, it was, um, I've only been in the uh, LDS music genre for about four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first album was released in 2014. And it was shortly after then I was, and at that time I was, I had been teaching early morning seminary and there's a scripture in section 58 that talks about men should be anxiously engaged in a good cause and, and bring to pass much righteousness. And and, and one morning I, I was reading that scripture and I, it, I had such an amazing experience. It was it was a it was a spiritual experience. It, I had it was like electricity as I read that scripture, and it was this feeling. And I knew it was the spirit because I recognized the spirit, and it was this it was this feeling of this. It was like the message was to me, Garth. You have a gift, and you need to share that gift, and it needs to be a message about Jesus Christ because there are people who need to hear it, mm-hmm. and it was from that experience that I put together this fireside. And it's my only intention of doing this. In fact, I all of my proceeds of my CD sales, I donate for travel. And I, I, my focus is not my so much my music as it is the firesides and bearing testimony. And that is what I why I do what I do so that I can get out. And literally, it is, it is just grown so that I have been able and been fortunate enough to travel all over the United States and to share this message and to um, hopefully bless the lives of other people through the message that the hymns are like the scriptures and that they can point us to the Savior, that the atonement is real, and that you know we have a, we have a Savior who loves us. So that's the message of the fireside. Yeah. It's amazing. How do people, like, request you or, I mean, how do you get to do these firesides? Well, you know, I cannot reach out. I cannot contact church leadership directly. It's against church policy. Yeah. And so it has to be done through recommendations from members of their stake. And so probably the best way is to go to my website, garthsmithmusic.com, and there I have a tab that's a, that says fireside. It's a fireside information. So what I would suggest is just sharing that website with church leaders of your local areas and if there's an interest by them, uh, then at that point, then they can contact me, I can contact them, and we can make arrangements to have the fireside brought to their, to their location. So if someone was to reach out to you, mm-hmm. what kind of experiences have you had that will give them some kind of indication as to what may result from, from having your fireside? Well, I... For Good exa- missionary stories, Yeah, maybe. for example, um, oh, so many. <laughs> I... The Lord has blessed me in so many ways this way. It answered my prayers uh, that to be able to to share this. Um, like for example, I was in in Midland, Texas, in a stake there, and after the fireside, uh, the high councilman who had organized the fireside came up to me and he said, "Garth, look at that man over there." There was a man on the other side of the of the cultural hall. He said, you see that man? I said, yes. And, he, and there was another man with his arm around him. And, and he said, that man has not been to church in 35 years. Wow. Mm. wow. 
And that man that has his arm around him is his bishop. And he is going with the bishop now into his office to talk about what he can do to return to activity in the church because of what he heard at at your fireside tonight. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, I can literally tell you dozens of stories like that. It's not, and it's not about me. This is, I'm not saying this to build me. It is about sharing the message and touching the lives of other people. That was, that's what this is totally about. And I was just up in uh, Portland, Oregon two weeks ago and this military guy came up to me he was probably 35, 36 years old. And he said, he said, I haven't been to church for so long. He says, this music, there's something about this music that has just touched my heart. And, uh, you know, what can you say in an experience like that? And I know that other artists have these same experiences. I'm sure you've had experiences with this. You've shared your gifts and blessed the lives of other people. But it's, it's a motivation. It really is mm-hmm. because it's, uh, you know, it's all about serving. Yeah. And like I said, you serve, you love those who you serve. And I've grown to love these people. I, I love meeting people. I love, <laughs> I love going out and because uh, I, I feel so much joy in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it has been such a fulfilling experience for me to be able to share these experiences. Awesome. It's great. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. When you know that what you're doing is adding light to the world, there's yeah. just so much motivation to just keep going. Yeah. Like, I can't stop, you know. And if it isn't me, I hope somebody else does it. I know other people are doing it. Uh, I, uh, it's just nice to be kind of a part, to play a, play a small part mm-hmm. and, to, and to touch lives that way. Absolutely. It's pretty great, too, because what if you hadn't followed that inspiration? Right? Yeah. What if you hadn't had that moment reading Section 58 and how different your life would be and how different some of the lives of these people that you talked about? So, yeah. follow yeah. that inspiration, right? Exactly. Yeah, test them exactly. to the scriptures. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would have been a, a poorer person had I not done that. And you're not speaking financially. No, I'm, I'm talking about just the rich experiences of spiritual experiences that mm-hmm. I've been able to have through music and through um, a desire to serve and share my testimony. Awesome. Well, all the music that we're putting on this episode comes from you. All the all the music in the background is going to be from Garth Smith. So we'll put some links to Garth Smith's website at the posting for this episode at LDSMissionCast.com. But thank you, Garth, for coming in and not only sharing your testimony and your experiences on your very unique mission. I don't know anybody else that went, <laughs> knows Navajo. Even. That mission doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> But uh, thank you again for sharing those experiences and and your testimony. It's greatly appreciated. Well, thank you for the invitation. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you. (laughs) Make sure to visit GarthSmithMusic.com and check out his catalog of music. His music is also mission rule friendly, so feel free to take it with you into the field or send it to any missionaries you know. Next is our Latter-day Lives interview with director and producer Brian Bruff. Hey, it's Sean Rapier, host of the Latter-day Lives podcast, reporting once again for LDS Mission Cast. My guest this week is a very well-known, well-respected uh, director and producer uh, of a ton of movies. He's got a really exciting film coming up called In Emma's Footsteps, and it's uh, about the later life of Emma Smith, and as well as a lot of other projects. My guest is Brian Bruff. Brian, welcome. Thank you very much. So, Brian, where did you serve your mission? I served in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Yeah. Are there any mission stories? We kind of all have those stories that really stand out to us mm-hmm. that we remember uh, about conversion. Was there one for you? Yeah, it was uh, actually my very first area, which was in a city called Sotocaba. And, uh, you know, I was a brand new missionary. And, you know, it, this is one uh, young man, I say young man, but he's, I guess he was probably around 18, 20 years old. You know, he was, 
uh, I think they were already teaching before I even got there, but he was just more of a friend of the missionaries. And it was him and this older gentleman that were just an odd pair, but they were just friends, and then we'd um, always teach them together. And we would go through and teach them, and they would come to church every week. They were very inquisitive about things, but it got to the point where they just weren't progressing spiritually. They weren't willing to change their lives. They would, you know, they'd always joke around and stuff. They'd go and uh, they're not living the word of wisdom by any means. They're not living the, a lot of the, the the commandments of that we need to within the church. And we got to the point of saying, you know, they liked having us over. They liked visiting with us, but they just weren't progressing the way you need to. And we said, look, we love you guys. We want you to still come to church, but, you know, we can't spend our time with you if you're not really going to be interested. And so we stopped going there for a little while. And we'd run into them at church, and they'd still come. And um, and this one young man, his name was uh, was Rocky, and uh, you know they kept on saying, "Well, maybe if we understand Joseph Smith better, if we just can't get past this this fantastical story of God appearing." You know, yeah. so we said, well, "You know, we have some pamphlets we can get and bring to you." And and uh, this took place on and off over about course of about four months um, that I was in the area, but. Uh, you know, they asked for some pamphlets, so I ran into him at church one day, or maybe it was, I can't even remember, maybe it was that we saw him in the street, and we said, oh yeah, sorry, we haven't brought this to you yet, we, we'll, we'll bring it to you next time. And it was really interesting to see Rocky kind of got really quiet, and he says, I don't need them anymore. We said, um, what do you mean you don't need them anymore? <laughs> and he says, I don't need them anymore. He goes, I got so frustrated with not knowing if I should do this or not, that I finally decided to kneel down and pray. And I prayed, and I know that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God. Wow. I don't need them anymore. And from there on, it was, how do we prepare you for baptism? And this is the guy that, you know, a single kid, or I say kid, a single young man yeah. would go to church. He'd be there. He got baptized. He actually worked towards his mission. A year later, he left for his mission. And he was the, the, the guy that anything you need at church, I will be there to help. I'll be there to serve. It was tr- seeing that true conversion because... He did what it t- took to get that real testimony. I think we can explain the gospel into the ground, but until people really pray, yeah. feel that spirit, and have that conversion for themselves, it doesn't seem to matter. Yeah, Brian, that is a fantastic story. Again, the uh, upcoming film is In Emma's Footsteps, about uh, the later life of Emma Smith. The director, or sorry, the producer, yes. is uh, Brian Bruff here with me. And Brian, thank you so much for sharing this with the LDS Mission Cast podcast. Thanks for having me. We'll put a link to the full interview with Sean and Brian when we post this episode at LDSMissionCast.com. Okay, and then there's just a few thoughts that I have had over this last week that I kind of wanted to share with the audience and maybe it'll help someone. Some of the recent events in the media, specifically the awful school shooting in Florida, just have me really trying to treasure life right now and finding joy in those small little things that are easy to pass by. It's really hard to think how fleeting and how short and unexpected life can be sometimes. Your life and your loved one's lives can be changed in an instant, and there's no warning, there's no notice, and you you have no way to tell when that's going to happen. I guess having said that, I just wanted to invite everyone to really like treasure these moments of your life, and I hope you know, too, that you're worth making your life a work of art. You're worth surrounding yourself with people who are crazy about you, and you're worth letting go of anyone or anything that's holding you back. You're worth having dreams and fighting every single day to make them happen. You're worth being happy, whatever that looks like for you. And I would just say, don't live in a world of what-ifs and I should-haves. Don't live in a world of regrets, right? Live in a world of I dids and I learns and knowing that you experienced everything and you did everything you wanted to do. 
You have one life and you have one shot only, and so you're worth the time and the effort to make it count. I hope that we can all focus on making our lives the lives that we want and treasuring and loving those close to us. Thank you so much for tuning into the LDS Mission Cast. Please tune in next week because we'll have the first part of our two-part interview with BYU's teaching and learning consultant, Taylor Halverson. And he shares some tips on how to teach the gospel using metaphor and analogy. And then in the next episode after that, we go into how talking is not teaching and how we can all be learning designers as opposed to preachers giving lectures on the gospel. It's really amazing stuff. So please, please listen. And also please take a moment to let us know how we're doing by sending us an email at contact at ldsmissioncast.com or go ahead and go to our Facebook, our Twitter or Instagram pages. All of those are LDS Mission Cast. We post regular updates with missionary news from around the world. And you also don't want to miss out on our original Monday morning missionary memes. Say that five times fast. (laughs) Perfect for P-Day. Thanks for listening. And we hope to have you listen next week for another episode of the LDS Mission Cast.